in the record button. Ah, there we go. That lovely American voice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good afternoon. Today I'm delighted to have the lovely Alison Morgan back to chat with me. Hi, Alison. Would you like to just remind everyone who you are? Well, hello, Donna. Yes, I suppose I ought to remind people who I am. Sometimes I have to remind myself who I am, uh, <laughs> especially after a slightly disrupted sleep, which I had last night. Uh, my name is Alison Morgan. I write under the name A.B. Morgan. I've got quite a few books out there in publication. Um, and most recently, uh, I have a new series on the go called The Quirk Files. And the first one of those was published in January this year. So I'm on uh, pandemic book number two. Um, the second book in the series is out tomorrow, Donna. What good timing is that? Um, and that's called Throttled, again, featuring the lovely husband and wife, slightly unconventional private investigator team of Pedda and Connie Quirk. So that's me. I'm a bit bonkers. This is my writing shack, everybody. Welcome. Um, this is where I trot up to um, from the house and try not to be too distracted but I do <laughs> procrastinate something shocking and when I should be getting on with stuff but I've been trying to do a bit of sort of boosty marketing stuff today so this is where I sit and type and pretend that I'm a, a writer of some sort that's me <laughs> all, all authors procrastinate it's fine you're totally yeah it's it's <laughs> Um, yeah, it's almost like we planned this for the release of your new book tomorrow. <laughs> so would you like to tell everyone a little bit about it? Well, I could keep it a secret, but that wouldn't be very fair, would it? Having You having gone to all this trouble to have a nice little chat with me. Um, well, I mean, yes. I've read it, so I don't care. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ooh, let me show everyone the cover, because I really love this cover. It's oh, awesome. I really love it. So thank you to Jane Mack, who designed the cover. And I have to say, it was just given birth to quite rapidly. We all had in our heads, you know, a, a thought about what the cover should look like. And the reason that it has um, motorbike gloves and a tyre tread mark on it is because it does feature motorbikes. Please don't let that put you off. This is a, a crime fiction novel. Um, and it's about a murder, would you believe? Uh, the body of Scott Fletcher is found in his garage. He's been working on a motorbike. There he is lying in a pool of blood and his body is discovered by Sarah Holden. She's a youngish widow. And actually she was hoping they were going to get married. It's her fiance that she's found in the garage. Um, and she admits to his murder, even though she didn't kill him because her belief is that her son committed the crime. So that's just the sort of opening gambit, if you like. The story, of course, is never quite as straightforward as that. So in come Pedder and Connie Quirk, who are called into action by solicitor Bernard Kershaw, one of my favorite characters, by the way. Um, he's, he's just lovely, quite, pompous on the service but but he isn't really he's quite jovial and and lovely chap and he's got magnificent ears magnificent <laughs> ears and um uh, and he's a joy actually to write he's, he's, he's 
is, is got that wonderful public school accent and it talks quite posh. Um, and but he, he quite often or the firm of solicitors quite often employ Pedder and Connie uh, as private investigators when they have something tricky at, at hand. And in this case, they need to prove Sarah Holden's innocence even though she's protesting the other way that she's actually done it, which it you know, makes life a little bit awkward. But there's a bit of a, a time scale, you know, to be worked to here. So that's that's pretty much the that's how the story starts to unfold, Donna, which, you know, because you've had a little uh, early treat of reading it. I did. And it was killing me because I have so many arcs. And it kept teasing me and it was sitting there and I really wanted to read it. But then I became friends with Zoe, who I now call Crazy Blog Lady, who now puts me on all her blog tours. <laughs> but I got there, so it's fine. And my review will be up tomorrow. On Thank you very yeah. much. Yes, I've seen your, your review and I've actually done a sneaky quote from you already um because i thank you very much for that by the way and all i can say is for authors it's so important to have some early readers so that you know we know what we think as authors and publishers that has been produced is that you know is as good as the first one because that's quite important when you suddenly find someone wants you to write a series so it's got to be as good the quality's got to be as good and we can only get that information back from those those early readers so thank you very much to you to zoe to all the other to bloggers and reviewers who take time to to do that and i don't know how you do it because you read so blinking quickly you're like like book sponges i don't know i honestly don't know how you do it and i know that you read everything thoroughly because your reviews we, we get that information back you know you've clearly read the story understood it and appreciated all the ins and outs so I, I don't know how you do it well I just do <laughs> I can't <laughs> I can't write any faster so <laughs> it's a good job there are plenty of books out there to be reviewed really because you know we need to feed you don't we with our with our stories yes very much so yeah um I'm, I mean, you definitely don't write quick enough, but now luckily I speak to so many of you that I'm pretty much covered, it's fine. <laughs> so yeah. then I won't nag you for the, although, you know, if there is another one on the way, then that would be awesome. <laughs> there is another one on the way, Donna. There is another one on the way. Um, uh, and I, I am working my way through it, but I'm, like many authors, I'm a bit of a pantser. So I'm not quite sure where it's going to end up yet, but it's taking very good shape. Very good shape indeed. Uh, and we, we do still have um, the lovely quirks there doing their thing. And their characters, I think from through Throttled, have, have really started to open up. We start to see other bits of them. Um, and for those who haven't read Over Her Dead Body and haven't come across the quirks yet, uh, I'll give you a little bit of a spin on it. Um, Pedder Quirk. Unusual name because he comes originally from the Isle of Man. So it's a bit of a Celtic name. It, it's basically the same as Peter or Patrick, uh, which he gets called sometimes instead of Pedder. Uh, he's an ex-policeman. Uh, he used to work uh, in the Royal Hong Kong Police as a British officer. And that's where he met Connie. Um, and uh, back in the 80s, late 80s. Uh, and uh, so he's gone through quite a career 
um, including a number of other things when he came out of the force, did some consultation work and some slightly hush-hush security type jobs, if you know what I mean. Um, but he is a man of integrity, it's Pedder, very dry wit, um, but he's one of those people you can completely trust. Um, he, he does have a way with words and expressions and in Throttled he is trying desperately hard not to swear because Connie's reminded him that they are now grandparents and it's time that he reined himself in a little bit. Um, so that has some interesting consequences to it. Connie, his wife, is a complete live wire. She is just a little dynamo of positivity, uh, really bright woman and she's quite good at all the sort of data analysis uh, uh, um, online stuff whereas Pedder very much is quite happy interviewing people he's very good at picking up body language when someone's not quite being truthful you know his good old-fashioned police work but the banter between the pair of them and their very good friend Bernard Gersh or with Magnificent Ears um, is a joy to behold to be honest with you and I do have quite a lot of fun with that yeah that was going to be one of my questions and um I think particularly enthralled it's nice the three of them Bernard as well it's such a great um interaction between I loved reading you know the bits with them three was awesome yes yeah and I've also introduced or reintroduced a character by the name of Monica Morris now she actually appeared in my early books so she was in A Justifiable Madness, which was my debut novel set on a psychiatric ward. Uh, and she was at that point a psychiatric nurse. Years down the line now, she actually has retrained uh, under the mentorship of Bernard. Uh, and so she's, um, she's a specialist with the Mental Health Act. So and she's a, a practitioner within the law firm. Um, so she deals with that side of things. So that gives a big hint to everybody. There's a bit of a, a, a mental health slant more than a slant uh to the book in there somewhere so yeah and she's um she she's quite a forthright woman I quite like her too um but I was happy because she's uh she's she fits in very well with the others so there's these lovely friendships uh but as with all friendships you know sometimes you have to be brutally honest with someone and you have to say it like it is and Ped is your man for that you know he doesn't mince his words he just gives it like it is and uh, uh, Bernard's been a bit grumpy of late and they're all trying to work out why um, and, and it and it starts to become I'm not going to spoil the storyline because it's actually quite a good one but um, yeah there's some there's some lovely interactions that go on and specifically I think when they when they all start to realize that poor old Pedder just can't seem to get away from the swearing thing so he does come up with some lovely alternatives to swear words that we would normally use yeah so that, I had a lot quite a lot of fun with that and I can't help myself anyway because that's a bit there's quite a lot of me involved in in those sort of bantery conversations yeah <laughs> all the uh, alternatives all yours made up or did you ask people for sort of uh, alternatives no I went on a, uh, a really good swear word research a trip and um the shakespearean ones uh platterfart uh is a very is, is, re is a real shakespearean word and so I, I did lots of stuff around that and, and alternative ones but things like um bumalo which is a, which is a fish but it sounds great it's a good word isn't it bumalo anything beginning with b is a good one i think um so pedo is gifted the word bastinado by um by monica <laughs> So yeah, 
I think it's great. I remember years ago, I can't think, I think it was Radio 2. I'm sure it was Sarah Kennedy and she used to use bummocks as a swear word, which is quite close to being very rude, but a good one, nevertheless. So yeah, I had a bit of fun with that. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Actually, I can see you chuckling to yourself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I could totally picture that. <laughs> um, did you find out anything interesting researching apart from swear words for this book? Yes, I did. Um, because it, although it does feature motorbikes, which um, is part of my life, because I've got no choice in the matter, really, um, because my husband, the bearded wonder, uh, he has more than his fair share of motorbikes, to be honest. Uh, and to be fair, it is part of his business. So, um, which is based in Luton, just up the road from you, Donna, not too many miles away. There is a factory where there's a man uh, doing wonderful things with hard chrome. So, uh, yeah, that's what he does. And part of that business involves the front suspension forks on motorbikes. So basically uh, giving them, a, uh, reclaiming them and giving them a hard chrome um, recover if you like because it's quite hard wearing substance and they're important safety thing on a motorbike so uh yes i whilst i know a bit about motorbikes i am not an expert and i needed to become a bit more au fait with certain classic motorbikes and understanding quite a bit about that in order to, to sound very authentic when i was writing so i had to, I had to do a fair bit of research but sort of a spanner in the works with COVID has been the fact that we couldn't go out to the Isle of Man, which we regularly do. And I was hoping to do a little bit more research there on the spot because it's a fantastic museum, uh, transport museum there. But so I had to do quite a lot of it from a distance, but also picking the brains of the Bearded Wonder and several other people that, um, that we know who work with the uh, sort of Isle of Man racing teams who, who do the classic and the Manx. So, you know, they're quite, you know, they're up on their information. So I'll pick the brains of anyone I can, if you know, <laughs> given the chance. Or I thought, oh, I know someone who might know a bit about that. Um, but as I say, it's, you don't, you don't need to know huge amounts. You don't even need to have a massive appreciation of, of motorbikes to read the book. You just need, to, you know, I do, because I needed to make it sound like I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> And uh, when I when I was uh, on not long term fifty ish, um, I had a major midlife crisis. You know, if you're going to have one, have a proper one. Um, so I I learnt to ride a motorbike. So I did my motorbike test, and um, I also got a tattoo because you have to, don't you, when you <laughs> become a bike proper biker chick. So instead of being sort of pillion all the time and riding on the back, I thought no. I said this, I'm going to see if I can do it myself. So um, so I, I don't know what it's like to ride a motorbike. Thank you very much. And actually, Bernard Kershaw is, is, is named after my motorbike and not the other way around. So I, my, but my motorbike, Bernard, Bernard de Bonneville, uh, is very close to my heart. Um, we're tootling off to the Ace Cafe, if you're a biker or know where that is, um, at the weekend, hopefully. Um, mm -hmm. So I'll be on Bernard then, bombing down the M1, uh, not very fast. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up the traffic, there she goes. Um, uh, no, so it's a bit of a classic bike day. So, and uh, the bearded wonder is taking his, his more classic Bonneville, I'm almost likely newer one. So um, yes, I, I've, I entered the world of the, of the hairy biker 
you know, try not to let my beard grow too much. But yeah, Andy looks just like every other bearded wonder out there. The bearded wonder amongst many bearded wonders. So. <laughs> we, um, I used to work in a petrol station just off Junction 9 as the M1. Yeah. And um, so we used to get loads of bikers. We knew when there was something going on um, because just they just kept coming. But it was cool. I mean, I, I don't think I'd ever ride one because I'm a wimp. But um, it was cool to see them all and stuff. I'll tell you what, they're a really lovely bunch of people because that because you all have something in common. And if honestly, once they've taken their helmets on, we're all a we're all a bunch of old cronies, really. We're just we're old and ancient <laughs> and just nice to each other and just uh, checking out how the arthritis is affecting your riding, <laughs> that sort of thing. So um yeah, we're not we're not uh, we're not a bunch of hooligans. There might be some still out there, but actually they've made the, the bike test so blinking tight now and so sort of safety focused. It's quite difficult to get to get through your test. So, um, yeah, and to get insurance, obviously. So if, if you're an old fart like me, you, you stand a better chance. And there are more women riding now as well, which is quite it's quite nice. Yeah. yeah, it's nice. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like when you have to lean, oof, no, I'd stick to my car. If you don't, if you don't lean, Donna, you go straight on, <laughs> straight through the hedge into the field in the ditch. <laughs> no, I'll stick to my four wheels. Thanks. I'm dangerous enough in a car, let alone. On. Yeah, <laughs> Actually, I'm dangerous that. enough on my feet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so am I, Donna. I'm a, I'm like a walking disaster area most of the time. If I, if I touch it, it'll fall apart because I break stuff. You know, I ugh, don't need to put in any effort at all. I'm a walking wrecking ball, really. Usually, I'm covered. I'm probably I'm covered in bruises where yeah. I just knock into stuff and oh, especially at work. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Luckily, not burns, just bruises. Oh, I'm quite good at burns. I, I tend to because <laughs> I still can't do small portions in the, when I'm cooking because I still think we've got kids. Don't be ridiculous. Too old. Uh, they've all grown up and left home. So uh, and I just I made this massive lasagna a couple of days ago. So we've still got leftovers because um, I can't. And, I'm, and somehow I burn myself taking the darling in and out of the oven every time without fail. But I've always been the same. I've always been the slight liability. <laughs> I am. Um decided once to catch an, uh, a tray that was falling out of the oven at work with my arm yeah which was past where the gloves ended because oh. instinct was to catch it but yeah. it was really hot <laughs> so that <Yeah>. wasn't <laughs> no <laughs> um so i guess i know the answer but if you were to be in either of your two quirk books which one would you rather be <laughs> Actually, I think I might surprise you. I think I would go for over her dead body because I'm quite, I have a sort of macabre side to me and I'd quite like to investigate the goings on inside funeral homes. I want, I want, well, knows. I want to ask questions of the embalming person because I know they have like freelance embalmers and I'm thinking, oh, I reckon there's another storyline there to involve a freelance embalmer, but I'd need to know what they do. So that would be pushing my you know, ability to hold my stomach contents in, in check, I think. <laughs> if, uh, if I did get the chance to actually you know, see something in action, but I'm quite tempted to, to go down that route and over her dead body, of course, as it hints at, um, 
there's quite this involves quite a number of different funeral services in the town of Bosworth Bishops where um, where the storyline is set uh, and Gabriella Dixon book one the main character has been registered as dead even though she's not she's very much alive but of course there is a body there somewhere so there's a lot of tracing going on to find out who on earth who on earth was cremated if it wasn't her so uh, yeah that's book one so I think I'd, I quite fancy that yeah yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, I loved the first one anyway. So yeah, I'd just the whole idea of being classed, you know, as dead and you're not it was just nuts. Like, yeah, actually, oh my god, what the hell would you do? Yeah, and so, I did a fair bit of research for that because um, although the original idea came from my daughter, who does work in a, in a funeral service, um, she's a she's an arranger. Um, and although the original idea came from that and we worked out that, yes, it was possible, I did a bit of research and I found a few cases. There was a couple in America, at least a couple in America, I think, one in Texas and one in inside of Missouri or Michigan, one of the M's anyway. And a lady in France who took three years to prove her case, to prove that she wasn't dead and, and her life literally ground to a halt. So I, I knew it was possible. It was then working out, right, how do I... Uh, put that into a storyline where did where is that going to take me and actually it was a fascinating that also the research for that was fascinating yeah to all the things about registering a death what is legally required and what isn't which was also quite a bit mind-blowing I, I, so I did enjoy that right yeah that's half the fun and I think that comes some of it comes from my previous existence as a as a nurse so my nursing background is quite clinical and you and you you have to stay clinically up to date because everything's has to be researched evidence-based practice so I was constantly doing courses and doing this so I was quite quite used to the research and I quite like knowing and understanding how something works what's the law why is it like that so it, it, you know the research bit for me is, is it's just as interesting sometimes as seeing the end product. I, I, I wouldn't feel satisfied if I'd written a book and hadn't done enough research. What's your most overused word when you write or phrase? Um, yeah, sometimes I throw in too many merely's. Merely, so, 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 so. Um, and sometimes uh, just annoys the heck out of me. I think, well, I'll throw that in there for when I don't need to. Uh, and it can change on a daily basis. I get some little phrase stuck in my head. I was thinking, oh, I haven't used that one yet. <laughs> and then I discover I've used it about five times. Useless. So that's why I read out loud. And I tend to do, I write a bit, then I'll go back and I'll read it again. And I might read it out loud to see how bad it sounds at that point uh, to make sure I'm really getting the storyline in my head, but also to pick up the overused words and phrases. I have tried making use of some software, but I am a techno twerp, Donna, to be honest with you. And um, it was easy just for me to read the blinking thing out loud and you know, <laughs> let my ears do the work. <laughs> the Hobeck despair of you, are they, are they good? They're just like, oh. <laughs> to, to know. Hobeck, Hobeck are lovely. Adrian, um, and Rebecca are the directors of publishing our Hobo books, and they get my sense of humour. Thank God for that. Um, because 
And, and they, in fact, Rebecca has the same irreverent sense of humour as I do. Uh, and so we get on very well. So, I, you know, there are no concerns there, apart from when we get together and we sound like, like three slightly drunk people, even if we haven't had <laughs> not even a snifter of alcohol because our brains just go up at all sorts of weird tangents. And um, they came down to see me last week and came and had a bit of lunch in the garden um, here at uh, Morgan Central. Uh, and it was a lovely day. It was really hot and sunny. So we did a recording for their podcast, for their weekly podcast, which was, you know, it was great. But we got completely sidetracked with the anatomy of chickens and what happened <laughs> to eggs, which orifice the egg appeared out of. Because I was, because I was chicken sitting for my neighbour who was away for the weekend. So there was a lot of chicken noises going on. And instead of talking about books and being very sensible, we got really sidetracked by all sorts of like dreadful comments about chickens and chicken bottoms. And, <laughs> and then we managed to get the conversation back onto motorbikes for a bit, you know, to try to talk about a book that was supposed to be helping to market coming out tomorrow. Um, and I said something really stupid, like, oh yes, well, it's quite risky riding a motorbike because you have this you know you're on two wheels and you've got a rocket between your legs why did I put it like that I thought oh god afterwards I looked and I thought oh I said you know you might have to review what we've talked about because I think we were quite inappropriate a couple of times so fortunately Adrian had made a bit of a boo hiss and had forgotten to put his digital sim card thingy in the machine see techno twerp again don't know what the right name is for that um so they had to phone me up Sunday morning and we had to re-record, well, not re-record, we had to do a whole new interview for the podcast. <laughs> I was much more sensible. I listened to it this morning. Oh, thank goodness for that. Because <laughs> we really went off on one. So um, I don't have any concerns really about working with Adrian and Rebecca as individuals because we just get on like a house on fire, really. Um, but they must despair of me because I am technologically challenged you know, really. Uh, but they seem to put up with that because I, I think I just make them laugh. I'm just like free entertainment. <laughs> when they're feeling down, they go, oh, let's give Ali Morgan a shout and uh, see what little Morganisms she can come up with this week. Yeah, I messaged them and said, hey, how come you didn't come see me? And they said they would next time. So I was like, oh, thanks. Actually, yeah, they probably will because they like a bit of a road trip. Uh, and uh, they've been here a couple of times now to the to the writing shack and in the garden because I know oh we've only really been working together since COVID so we either meet outside in the garden or, or you know, the, the, lock, the first set of lockdowns were eased and they could come here and I'd come up to the writing shack and you know we had to be all very cautious and everything so you know it'd be lovely to have something a little bit more relaxed so or maybe next time Donna you could troll over here as well when they come we'll have a you know we can have a get come to the garden and the writing shack yeah yeah I'm, I'm there absolutely <laughs> I do put on a good lunch it's the only reason they come <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's not true <laughs> yeah that because I'm a cheap laugh that's what it is <laughs> Well, I mean, you're pretty much selling it, so <laughs> you'll have loads of this for real come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to buy a book as you walk through the garden gate, I'll let you in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's fair enough, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't remember what I asked you last time. I can't see if, see if I can remember any more tricksy questions that I didn't ask you last time. 
Oh. <laughs> I can't think of anything. Plus, I, I was up early, so I won't be too horrible to you today. <laughs> Thank you. That was really lovely. I was waiting for that usual question about, you know, what embarrassment, embarrassing moments have you got that you'd rather forget? Uh, I think that was what you came out with last time. I couldn't think of anything like, apart from falling over or something and flashing my knickers. But yeah, I, I just thought, oh, I've got, I'm prepared for that one today. I thought, oh, I'll, I'll work. I know which one I'm going for. Who was your first celebrity crush? Oh, first celebrity crush. I don't know. The, the first thing that popped into my mind then was Starsky and Hutch. I'm sure that can't be right, can it? As my first Honest. celebrity crush. With Honestly, with women, it's either David Casty or Donny Osmond or the guy from um, The Monkees or... Them, yeah yeah it's my tastes have much... changed a bit since then but yeah I had I had posters of Starsky and Hutch on my wall I was definitely David Cassidy and not Donny Osmond um but yeah and my taste changed so the posters on my wall changed depending on you know and then I really got into my music so that that was you know it was all sorts of stuff going on the wall then blimey <laughs> yeah that was bad <laughs> well, you can't say that and not tell me at least a, a couple not all of them <laughs> uh well i would have had a poster of david bowie without a shadow of a doubt uh and then we, when we went slightly punky well would have had the clash but i went a bit heavy metal as well and i went to nedworth in 1979 saw led zeppelin uh, um, my parents didn't really know what I was going for, so uh, not, I can't tell all the uh, secrets that happened then. But anyway, <laughs> I slept in a field. Oh, God. Anyway, it was great. It was absolutely fantastic. And to be in a vast festival like that with like, thousands of people, I mean, you can't even imagine that happening now, can you? Goodness me. But I've got, I'm going to tell you this because it's so exciting. I've got something to uh, look forward to in December. And I mentioned this just in passing to the uh, to the bearded one to the other day. We had the radio on and they were playing a track by Squeeze. I went, oh, there's one band I would like to have seen in their heyday. They were written, you know, lyrics, songs you could sing. I quite like that. I would have liked to have seen them. Anyway, they're doing a tour. They're, they're a backup band for Madness. So we're doing a tour come December and he got tickets. So, um, you know, something to look forward to if it doesn't get cancelled. I've just really missed live music. We have some great bands locally uh, down at Esquires in Bedford and some of our friends are local musicians and oh, it's just been horrid not being able to sort of go and listen to some live music, but there you go. Yeah, yeah, my mum is going to that and I'm not, and I'm very jealous. Oh, is, she, is she doing Squeeze, she's doing Squeeze of Madness, is she? Because Excellent. it's the day after her 60th birthday, so it's a birthday oh. present for her from someone else. And I don't get to go. And that's fine. I'm totally not jealous. <laughs> Your face is telling me a different story, Donna. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we went to um, Tring to the Chill Fest. And then we were going to go last year um, with Bob Geldof and Paul Young and some other people, I can't remember. Um, yeah. And obviously that got cancelled, and now it's happening this year. But Bob Geldof is a guy which my mum's guided about because obviously she's loved him for God knows how long. 
Yeah, yeah. Boomtown. Boomtown Rats were great. Their tracks in those years, they were they were some great music. And I saw The Clash and, oh, blimey, that was good stuff. Uh, it was good. It was really good music. It was still like, and today I put the radio on and go, oh, God, I'll have to go to the 80s or something. It's rubbish. Noise. Awful. I know, and I know I sound like 100. I don't care. I, <laughs> I was listening to the jam at work the other morning and I was well happy. So Yeah, quality, and, uh, quality stuff. Yep, I've seen, I mean, I've seen Tony Hadley a few times now, and he's awesome. I love him live. He's great fun. Yeah. Um, and we saw Rankin Roger before he died as well, which is, I think it must have been one of his last performances. So yeah. that was quite nice as well. So yeah. yeah, totally miss live music as well. We've seen yeah. From the Jam, no, five or six times maybe, and Paul Weller once. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, proper, but like proper musicians. And we saw, um, we saw, I think our most recent sort of like big concert, if you know what I mean, was seeing Tom Jones. Um, we, we, we've seen him twice. Please don't laugh. That man's voice, when he cut the, came on stage, it was at Northampton Cricket Ground. And it was like, it went, and like blew your hair back in. The, the voice is just magic. And I have to say, the only thing that was different, because this was a, how many years ago now? I don't know. I suppose about seven years ago, I think, maybe more. Uh, and just his stage presence, his performance is absolutely spot on. The musicians that he has around him, first class. And the only difference, I think, is that the knickers that are getting thrown at the stage now are slightly bigger. That's all I would say. <laughs> See, I've, a lot of people laugh. I've seen Michael Bublé two or three times, I can't remember. Oh, but he's and good. People laugh, but he is, firstly, he's hilarious. Secondly, he knows that the men don't want to be there and they've been dragged <laughs> there by their wives. And he, he says, you know, he points out and is like, and you all think I'm gay, but I'm not, and everything. But he is awesome. And at the end of one, we're in Yo2, which is massive. We were at the back and high because, you know, and he took all his mics off everything and sung. And despite being up the top at the back, we could hear every word. It was stunning, unbelievable. One of the most amazing things that I've I've been to. Yeah, see, that's that's proper talent, and that's what I that you know you can appreciate that no matter how old someone is. And Tom Jones, let me tell you, still got it. Uh, loved it. And I'm just dragging things back to the book thing in throttle. Oh, books. Yeah, that's right. That's what we're here for. About yeah. In throttled, I've got Pedder doing a bit of car karaoke all by himself, singing along to the radio to Susie and the Banshees, Hong Kong Garden. Because when it first came out, he, he completely misheard the lyrics and thought he was singing Hong Kong Darling and used to try and sing that to Connie to woo her back in the day, which puzzled her completely because it just that had no relevance at all. If you knew what the real lyrics were, which he didn't. And I, it, it struck me as, as, you know, that's the sort of thing that the bearded wonder would do. So that went in. And uh, and because we have a quite strange sing along repertoire, as you know, um, <laughs> Uh, so, so I have to get that my love of music also goes in a book and I know lots of authors do that as well they do make reference to songs and tr and tracks from mostly from our youth because they were the best um, but um, you can't help ourselves can we so yeah, that's why we do it um, today I got a little sticker for Twisted Annie's from Art Tilbury oh, and cool. Tony Forder has his blissette so would you like a little 
groupy name. I said, what would it be, Donna? You know, what? get quirky with the quirks. I don't, I mean, yeah. quirk on. I don't know. <laughs> a competition on your page or something for the coolest yeah. groupy name. Oh, I've got to tell you this, Donna. I had a competition. It only ended today at midday. And you entered this competition and it was um, for a couple of signed books anyway. And, and the competition I set was for a middle name for, for Pedda. And as soon as I'd done it, I thought, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Uh, because some of the names were just fabulous. I and mean, we had Eustace, Aloysius, Horatio, um, Hieronymus. Then we went all Greek with Zante and Apollo. And you came up with Gary thanks and uh, and linda checkley was so impressed by that she said oh if, if donna wins i can pretend to be her because she's already got one of those books so um it it got quite hilarious and then we had a lot of welsh names we Llewellyn and david and all sorts of and it was brilliant absolutely brilliant but in amongst that lot were some humdingers and i'm thinking oh my god what will i do if they win when there was a lady her suggestion was bubbles <laughs> why i've no idea <laughs> she didn't win by the way um uh, what was some of the other oh cure so it would be pedicure <laughs> i know oh, i was sweating cobs i tell you thinking oh what if one of these ones wins what am I gonna do and there were some really really amazing ones someone suggested undoubtedly so Pedder undoubtedly quirk lovely little it's got a ring to it but I was thinking how am I going to explain that <laughs> you know without Pedder's parents sounding like they really hated him as a baby and they just gave him a really shockingly bad um middle name but actually the lady the one I picked it out of the hat I took a photograph and everything to prove it was you know it was the case um uh, the name is Hardy, mm. which I quite like, because he is a hardy soul. Yeah, he's a pretty tough old thing. So Pedder, Hardy, Quirk, there we go. So I'm thinking tomorrow, on one of the other groups that both you and I frequent, uh, that sounds a bit dodgy, doesn't it? But a Facebook <laughs> book group, I should make Facebook, Yeah, Facebook groups. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking of doing that again tomorrow, but for Bernard. Bernard mm. Kershaw so we can, you can ha even have two or three names because he's dead posh and they always have more names than they know what to do with <laughs> yeah. so so we could go a bit bonkers on that one so give people another chance to uh, win win another couple of books so I thought I'd go with that because I've got a bit of the name thing going on at the moment it was it was such fun I thought oh yeah well, we'll do that again see if I can risk it for Bernard because it doesn't matter how dreadful <laughs> they are because they, they can be quite wild can't they yeah so I can re-enter Gary again. <laughs> yes, you can, yeah, Gary, because that would just be like, what? You know, that's not a posh name, but it'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? Gary, Dave. Well, it's, it's just one of those names, isn't it, that's just, and people, I mean, aren't called Gary anymore, are they? Babies aren't named it, so it's dying no. out anyway, so. They're all called the most peculiar things that you think, is that a name? Is that a child's name? Good grief. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm talking, oh, I did a WI talk the other day on Zoom. And I won't say which one because the lady uh, concerned might listen in. And, um, and she said, oh, I've just had a new great grandson and showed a picture and everyone went, ah. And they went, name? And she went, Skywalker. <laughs> yes, not just Luke, 
Skywalker. Didn't dare ask what their surname was, but uh, <laughs> not even Sky yeah. and then Walker. It was Skywalker. Yeah, there's not really a lot you can say to that, is there? No, I didn't know what to say. We all went, oh. <laughs> and then tried not to laugh. It was great. I love doing WI talks. Fantastic. Yeah, you can imagine. <laughs> Are you planning on doing any of the bookie events this year? No. no. Well, it's such a shame because I was booked to do, it's not a pun, uh, uh, to do um, some work some workshops oh, uh, for a festival that was hoping to, to take place up at Weed and Beck, but it's just not going to happen. So everything for the last, goodness knows, where are we now, 18 months or whatever, it's all gone completely out the window. Because um, I was in, it was last year booked in for the Buckingham Literary Festival to do some how to plot a murder workshops, which I, I love doing. I really love doing them because you get some great ideas come flying your way. <laughs> uh, it's a bit mad. It's a bit like herding cats and it was quite difficult and very exhausting, but it is really good fun to do. So I was booked for that and had another couple of irons in the fire and just, they've just gone. But I've been contacted today by one of the local charities and they've been really struggling for, you know, fundraising stuff because all their fun runs and the rest of it have been cancelled. So uh, they've been in touch with me today. So we're going to do um, get our heads together and see if we can do a bit of a maybe a plot of murder thing, sell tickets and raise some money for them. So we'll see how that goes. But as far as the, you know, the traditional festivals go and sitting on a crime panel, uh, although I'm, I'm, I think I'm always a bit of a risky punt, aren't I? Because you never quite know what's going to come out of my mouth. <laughs> but uh, no, I haven't. <laughs> Strangely enough, I haven't received any invitations as yet. So, and I think you're going up to um, Harrogate, aren't you? Um, I am, but I was going to the festival, but I think I'm going to cancel, but I'm still going up to Harrogate because I want to meet Malcolm. Basically. Yes. So, I expect you'd be in the beer tent. With well, he's, Smith not going, he's not going to Harrogate now either, and neither is oh, Tony Forder. And the only reason I'd go oh. is for them, really. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But so I'm still going to go up to Harrogate, and uh, Malcolm's going to take us to dinner. Uh, and you get um, a guided tour of Harrogate from Malcolm. That'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, I just, could just listen to him talk anyway. I don't know, just, just his voice. It's yeah. that Yorkshire, it's that gentle Yorkshire thing that he's got going on. Yeah. And he's a charmer, isn't he, really? He is a charmer, yeah. Even when he interviewed me. <laughs> even I thought I was that was great. Up. I thought that was great, by the way. And he did a really good job because he, he just posed the question and then he quietly waited for you to come up with an answer. And it was lovely. Yeah, and the fact that he went to all the effort of asking people as well was really touched, actually. Um, yeah, he yes. did it really nervous as well, bless him. <laughs> I've like, talked to you loads of times. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, yeah, that amused me. I was thinking, why are you nervous? It's Donna. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and afterwards, and even now, he still can't get over the fact that I said that I would stab someone a hundred times. <laughs> 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 he was really shocked. Yeah, and he said yeah, about but... it after. 
I was it? Yeah, but I think sometimes we all have these little like cartoon images in our head when you know when you just get so angry and so infuriated about something in life that you could picture yourself doing it, not that you would step over that mark. So unless you you know become disinhibited and go a bit loopy and do it, you know, generally speaking, most of us can hold ourselves in check. But there are times, quite frankly, when you know you put name on list, you're going to be put down when I get a chance um, and that's why it's lovely being a crime writer because when people offend me they go on my list and then they become like a victim or I, I make sure they get to come up at somewhere in fictional form that's them done and I feel better yeah and I said because I am generally so placid that he said he was expecting me to say to poison someone or something I'm like no it was a fun and that stab him a hundred times and it's like not a thousand <laughs> times or something it's like specifically and you know how messy with that that would be because of your degree and stuff I'm like, yeah I know definitely stabbing someone a hundred times so you to get over it. <laughs> puncture the flesh with the blade that's it I expect you've but you've been researching as well, have you? From the degree that you did, see which you know most what length of blade is required, that sort of thing. Force, you know, if you're going to go a hundred times, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> no, it really doesn't, Donna. I have to say, I'm, I'm slightly with Malcolm on that. I'm, I'm shocked that it's that, <laughs> it's, it's that violent for you. But anyway, well, bless. Yeah. Have, you know, deep down, there's a yeah. temper, very see, deep. Maybe we all have our breaking points. And I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, what would I do? What? I think I'm more of a blunt force trauma woman, more of a, you know, that sort of manoeuvre, give it large. Look them in the eye first, though, make sure they know. <laughs> it was funny, one of the other authors I talked to said, have you ever lost your temper? I'm like, yeah, of course I have. I'm not that saintly, geez. It was at work and I told the customer she was a bitch. But, you know, this is just like the point. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes people just push you too far and it's not, it's not all right to be sworn at and, you know, being abused verbally in any shape or form. So it's just like, well, that's enough. Off you go. Thank you. But, yeah, I mean, I think because my background was in psychiatry, I've seen some quite rare old stuff, really, I suppose. Um, and you, you, you learn to... To hold everything down so you de-escalate is your first line of defense really um, and I always think that my humor is part of that because it it can be quite disarming and you can just stroll straight in with a bit of an oh come on let's have a laugh and go over it and that sort of you know that can work there are times where that will not work and you shouldn't even try it so you know it we, we were chatting earlier about, you know, customer services and front facing the public and, um, you know, how you really have to hold your call, put your mask on uh, and then, you know, you can have a swear about it when you're on the way home or in, a, in the back office somewhere. Um, and, and, you know, most of us are quite good at doing that, but there are times when we can't hold it. And neither should you if you're if being spoken to wrongly and not there to be trodden on like a doormat. Yeah, I'm... I mean, I'm terrible because we've got a screen now because of COVID. Um, I mutter and my <laughs> colleagues frequently have to go out the back. Otherwise, they will laugh um, yeah. because, you know, they can hear me. And obviously, well, hopefully the customers can't. They haven't said anything yet. So, but yeah, and my boss, especially, he has to go out the back because he's laughing. He's like, I can't. Um, I'm always making kids say please. Always. Yes. You know. Well, they should learn. 
Yeah, it's oh, please, thank I mean, you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, not that it's my place to teach them, but I figure the kids aren't going to complain about me, so fuck it. <laughs> no. I mean, there, have there been times when you've actually said something and you thought, oh, I really shouldn't have said that. That slipped out without me thinking. Oh, God, yeah, all the time. Uh, you know, mouth before brain. And I'm like, but most of the time, generally, it's okay. <laughs> I will share with you my best mouth before brain moment. When I was a student nurse, so this is a long time ago, so I can probably get away with this now. When I was a student nurse and I, I was put uh, on placement in a care of the elderly ward and it was divided up into bays. So six bedded bay for men, six bedded bay for women and that repeated down the ward. And and I, you know what I'm like, Donna. Uh, you know, I like people to be cheerful in the morning. So I started an early shift and we had handover and uh, and I was assigned to this men's bay. And they said, off you go. You've got six gentlemen there. Got to get them up and, and, and make sure they're awake and we'll get them up and dressed and everything. So what did idiot Morgan do here? Actually, it wasn't Morgan then, but uh, um, I walked onto the ward on my lovely uniform, just kind of do my thing. And... I said the immortal words, morning, gentlemen, stand by your beds. And this old gentleman, bless him, hopped straight out of bed and fell over. Poof, collapsed. And the reason he fell over, Donna, is because he only had one leg. Some years previously, some years previously, he'd, he'd had it amputated, the other leg amputated. And because, unfortunately, um, dementia was taking its toll, he kept forgetting that he'd only got one leg. And I'd done that. I knew this. And I'd done that without bloody well thinking. And to make matters worse, you know, there was a rush of assistance then from staff nurses who give me a stern telling off and not thinking what I was doing. Picked him up. He was fine. He was absolutely because he went down like a sack of spuds, but he was absolutely fine. He was like, oh, and, you know, he'd done it several times before. And uh, uh god uh so we got him popped up on the side of the bed and we were just getting him organized with his dressing gown on and i put his slipper on his foot and he said the immortal words where's me other feckin slipper and i went oh uh you haven't got another slipper mr so and so he went yes guess my other feckin slipper and he was getting quite antsy with me. And I, so I thought, well, I'm just going to have to say it like it is. And uh, the staff nurse next to me, she went, uh-oh. Like this as if she <laughs> had no idea what to say. And I went, well, Mrs. Sozo, I'm afraid you've only got one leg. And his answer was, that's right. You lot of tell me any feckin' thing just to shut me up. And I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> it's horrible, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, oh, and I still laugh about it now because I think, oh, how could you have been so blinking insensitive? I was so insensitive, but I learned. I learned the hard way. Look at me. I've gone red down with the embarrassment of it all. Oh. Uh, I think my, my, personal, my interpersonal skills improved somewhat after that because I sort of learned to be a bit more considerate than me. Yeah, I think mine are getting worse, actually, especially since COVID and people have got masks. If they come in and I can't hear them, I'm not, I can't hear a word you're saying, you're going to have to speak up. Um, 
Whereas before I'd have been like, pardon or excuse me. Now I'm just like, nope, I can't hear you. You know, (laughs) come back when you can speak properly. (laughs) They speak at the same fucking volume. Like, I can't hear you. You need to speak louder. (laughs) Sometimes they leave. (laughs) And it's difficult, isn't it? Because um, you can't read the lips. You know, you don't stand any chance of having a, a hint of what might be being said. And, and so you have to speak louder because you're not only you muffled by this blinking face nappy, as my dad calls them. Um, uh, you, you can't you can't read the lips. So you can't. You, there's loads of bits of body language that you might be missing as well, because people behave differently when they've got a face mask on. Weird, isn't it? It is. Yeah. More rudely, I find <laughs> I have found. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, I got. I'm trying to think of the last time I put my foot in it. I mean, it's pretty much every day, so I can't think of anything specific. I was quite patient today, I think. So yeah, yeah. You look, you look quite chilled actually. So you don't look like you've been frazzled by the public of uh, of the mall. <laughs> yeah, the on down. The on down. The with our Lidl's, that's what we're, ex- what we're excited about getting. I love Lidl's and that. I shop at Aldi. It's real. I love Lidl's. Well, we've got Lidl's up the road now, so that's great. But when we get one in the mall, then I'm in there. <laughs> to get yeah. It. Yeah. What are we talking about anyway? We're supposed to be here talking about books. Oh, we're supposed to be here talking about books. Yes, well, it, Donna, it's been National Crime Reading Month in June. And I've been a good girl. I went on BBC Three Counties Radio and did a little little sort of stint about you know what makes a good mystery I was asked and also and then I got asked about the sunflowers in my garden because <laughs> because I'm running a bit of a sunflower roulette competition to see the the sunflowers that I've named uh they're they're slowly dying off I'm afraid Donna sunflower isn't doing too good at the moment she did survive the monsoon that we had the other day <laughs> which, which saw me rushing out to tie the blinking sunflowers onto the bamboo poles a bit better um so yes uh, 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 national crime reading month i was trying to get i'm sidetracking myself now uh, <laughs> and and hobeck bless their little cotton socks have come up with um, an ebook box set for the quirk files so um <laughs> if you're a happy kindle reader you can get old dogs old tricks which is the prequel novella plus over her dead body plus throttled all in one neat little box set for three ninety nine, I think it is. So that's two and a half books. That's not bad, I didn't think. Oh, and the other news, oh, you might have to sort of cut this and shunt the important stuff to the front. Um, Over Her Dead Body, the audio book version is coming out on the 29th. Just scooting into um, crime reading month or crime listening mm. month for that one. Mm. And uh, this was the one that Adrian persuaded me to narrate because I narrated old dogs old tricks as like my audition piece uh, which has been quite well received and so he got me to do over her dead body which is all very well but I write quite a lot of regional accents so it's, it's <laughs> tested my ability to um to do an accent or help um, and having passed that test when they came to see me uh, here they uh, they said um oh We'd like you to do throttled as well and my little heart went oh god because I've, <laughs> I've, oh, I've got all these characters and I'm thinking oh well actually my problem this time is that they're all very much from the same 
of family or families. So, you know, how am I going to differentiate those voices? So I've got a bit of work to do in amongst trying to write book three as well. But, you know, so it's a good job I don't work anymore, isn't it? <laughs> keep you out of mischief. Perhaps they're just trying to keep you busy so you don't, you know, <laughs> keep contacting them all so hard, don't I? <laughs> Just keep talking stuff your way. Yeah, keeping me out of trouble because they know that <laughs> that comes naturally to me to be ridiculous, get myself in all sorts of pickle and not think about things before I say them. Oh, God. But I think that's why writing helps because all those weird things that I have going on in my head, I can put them down on, you know, in a story and I can attribute them to another character that isn't me. So, you know, someone else can take the blame for those things, <laughs> even though they go in my little notebook or the thing, you know, all the daft things that I do or say or I hear other people saying, they'll get jotted down. Yeah. Um, are you just sticking with the quirk books now or are you going to go back to your other ones? Do you have any idea? Uh, the trouble is, I'm not only am I a slow reader, uh, I, I, um, I need to focus when I'm writing a book, I really need to focus on it. And I can't, I can't seem to sort of spin off and write a short story or do a bit of flash fiction or do this and do that. And I'm, so I can't, I do, I get immersed in this world, in this world that I've created. It sounds quite barking mad, but that is a how it feels. Um, so they're in my head all the time. And I, I do find it very difficult. I know other writers can do it. Um, I was having a little conflab, I think it was probably by email, with uh, Linda Huber. And I know she's she's she writes sort of different styles. So she said, oh, I've had enough of a bit of dark psychological stuff for now. I think I'm going to write one of my sort of lighthearted, romancy type things. I was thinking, oh, I couldn't do that. Well, I, I couldn't do too light and airy because I always get distracted by myself anyway and write something dark and not I say I don't really write dark and twisted, do I, Donna? I do more um I don't know, mystery, very character driven, um with a with a with a problem to be solved. So quite a sort of a complex puzzle, if you like. But I, I can't do too much torture and I can't do you know, kids being kidnapped. I'm a bit of a wimp. So um I, I think because they are you know, multi-layered stories. There's only so much my poor little brain can take. So <laughs> I should have just said, no, Don, I can only write one book at a time and that's what I'm sticking to, thanks. <laughs> You're not allowed to anyway, we need more. I need the next one, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the next one's coming on. Ooh, some good characters in that. Yeah, and I've, uh, and I've actually tweaked a few characters from Over Her Dead Body and plopped them in this one so it makes you feel like you're you're in sort of the whole community as it were yeah I think that's the best way of putting it because that's how it is in real life isn't it we we all have connections with various people that we come across now and again or someone that everyone knows um, and I've set it at a different time of year as well so it'll be winter darker chillier uh, um, and that gives you a bit nice some nice leeways uh, things happening in the dark and it's based on um, some things that happened in real life to uh, a friend of mine. So uh, 
it, no, even though someone might read it and go, well, it sounds like a bit of an exaggeration. Let me tell you, it isn't. And I, I will probably have to sort of dumb it down a bit, ease it up a little bit, because what actually happened in real life was just like full on, whoa. Um, and it all happened during a, a lockdown. So I was getting these like WhatsApp messages with a running commentary of all the dreadful stuff that was going on and we're talking drug dealing and assaults and prostitution and all lovely stuff really juicy stuff um well get pictures taken from from a window look at this one we've got two police vans and a so-and-so turn up i mean it was just <laughs> fabulous stuff it kept me entertained i think i've got to get this into a story somehow <laughs> so that's what i'm doing so i'm <laughs> regurgitating real life and turning it into fiction Awesome. That sounds amazing. And I can't wait already. Yes, well, you'll have to. <laughs> I'm nowhere near the end. And I don't know how it's going to finish yet. <laughs> I don't know. You bloody authors, honestly, you're so slow. Not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been busy. I've been doing my lovely talks to the WI. <laughs> then I got roped into doing a talk to the Police Academy of Lower Saxony. Yes, German. I don't speak a word of German. Well, I do. Zweibier better. Danke. That's about it. Um, no, that was very lovely. I, and I got approached. I know, I know I was second fiddle to at least a few other people because I got contacted by uh, Lewis Hastings, who said he'd been asked first, but he had to turn it down because uh, people are not allowed to see his face because he's all like Mr. Top Secret, hush, hush. So uh, so they offered it to me. Uh, they're probably regretting it, to be honest. Um <laughs> <laughs> but it, it went a lot better than I thought and it was about international relations and they had these like three-day conferences with uh, and I was the light entertainment one evening so there you go um, and I had to choose passages from over her dead body very carefully because there were so many you know I do use like very English British idioms and in, all sorts of sayings that perhaps someone for whom English isn't their first language. Might, they might think, what the heck is she talking about? And we do have some odd you know, expressions that we use. So I had to choose the passage, uh, uh, two or three little passages quite carefully. But I, I did enjoy doing it, even though I had a technological nightmare. An hour before everything was perfect, you know, just about to kick off, everything went crash. Oh, you know, I'm just not that person. But I remained remarkably calm and just cracked on with it. Um, so that was quite good. And, and so I get off, I just get these weird offers come in and I, th I don't know who's putting me up for them. It's probably you going, <laughs> oh, I know, I'll point them in Alison Morgan's direction because that'd be a good laugh. <laughs> no, I'm not because people are starting to get their revenge on me and I don't need another person that will rub their hands together. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that to you. I wouldn't do that because I, I do quite enjoy it. I enjoy the challenge and I, you know, and I do, I enjoy interacting with, with other people. And I, I love something that's just come out of, no, or seemingly come out of nowhere. It's probably Lewis going, I'll try her. <laughs> She's a mug, she'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I don't mind. I honestly don't mind that. I don't have a problem with that. You know, having come from a, a completely different career where I'm used to standing up in front of people and talking and explaining things, um, it, that doesn't massively phase me. Technology does, but that bit, it doesn't. Yeah. I know everyone thinks I'm an expert on Zoom, but I, I, I can use it, but that's it. <laughs> I don't know anymore. 
<laughs> oh, well, I needed someone that day when it all went peculiar. Oh, Lord. And I worked around it and I've still no idea what I did or how I did, did it. So there you go. But um, yeah, so I'll stick to doing the writing of the books. Um, I'm finally getting the hang of Twitter and Facebook. And then this week I decided to do Instagram. What's that about? I can't get it. Oh. You will. I will didn't I? get it when I started it. You will. Yeah. Oh God, it's driving me mad. Um, well, the, the new thing is TikTok. So, you know, you need to get with the kids and join TikTok. That's easy. That was easy. I just put my Dolly Parton wig on and a couple of balloons up my jumper and sing something and dance because that's what they do, isn't it? Oh, it's for the young people. I don't know TikTok. I have no idea. Apparently, this is what we need to do, but I'm like, I have signed up, but I have no idea. I'll go on it about once a month. I'm like, I have no idea, and then turn it off again. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm sort of at that stage with Instagram. I will get the hang of it and put a picture on, make a little comment. And that's okay because I'm quite a visual person. I like to do that anyway. So, you know, you'll get your stupid gifts from me. Now I've worked out how how to do them. (laughs) I love a gift. Yeah, I love a gift. I think they, they make me chuckle. I love them. So um, anything like that, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a go. So I'm, I'm going to continue. I shall persist until I've worked out how it all works. But um, uh, yeah, so if I've offended anybody, sorry. I don't quite know what I'm doing, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, it's a mystery tour, this being an author thing, isn't it? God, dear. <laughs> Yeah, or just the 21st century in general technology. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I can't think what my grandparents would have made of all this, I'm sure. God, uh, no. Yeah, my nan's on um, Facebook and I don't think she's on Instagram, she's on Twitter. Is she? She's, yeah, she's 83, 82, something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, my mum's just, <laughs> just managed to do email. But it's like she's doing a text. And I have, I've said to her endless times, you can write as many words as you like, mum, on an email. Um, but now I think she thinks it's like paper word or something. So it's still short, sweet and, and hilarious. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we got her one of those Alexa show things so that we could do a like face face to face call and she could use her voice to just say, call Ali and I should pop up. But she will not believe that it's over Wi-Fi and it's not going to cost her any money. So she won't do it. So. But she does talk to Alexa. She, she, talk, she talks to Alexa and they say hello to each other in the mornings. And uh, she, she gets Alexa to help her with her crosswords. So when I popped to see her last week, on a, on a Thursday, Thursday into Friday, uh, there's a few of us that do the BBC News quiz. And, and we're very honest with each other and say, oh, I only got three out of seven this week. I'm absolute rubbish. And two of them were guesses. And, and I said, oh, mum, I'm going to do the BBC quiz. She went, oh, shout me the questions. I'll ask Alexa. So, yeah, I've given up. But yeah, Alexa's quite good fun with, with my mother. <laughs> yeah, my nan has an Alexa as well. I have no idea what she does with it. No. Does your Alexa just interrupt a conversation now and again? As does. 
No, um, she never does what she's told, though. You have to be very blunt with her. Very yeah, uh, yeah. Alexa, stop. Stop now. <laughs> Alexa, stop, for goodness sake. Shut up. <laughs> and then I remember to say, thank you, Alexa, when she's done what she's told. <laughs> oh, dear, it's bloody daft, really. It is, but it's funny. It was great when uh, Line of Duty was on. You asked Alexa who H was. That was great. I love that. <laughs> Oh, Jesus, Mary draws everything the weed donkey. <laughs> I love that bit. That's just my favourite line ever. <laughs> One of the best lines in TV history without any shadow of a doubt. Absolutely. Was brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely. That cracked me up. Oh, dear. Yeah. And we were all completely hooked on Line of Duty. And then the, then the final episode came. We went, oh. Yeah. Oh, I think there's going to be more. I'm sure they said there's more, so... I think that's why it was done like that. Yeah, I'm sure of it. Yeah. yeah. Right, books. <laughs> oh, yeah, books. <laughs> Mrs. Author. <laughs> Good at this marketing malarkey, aren't I? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think I have anything else to ask you. I don't think I've actually asked you anything worthwhile anyway, but, <laughs> you know... If there's anything else you want to mention or just show off your new book and remind people that it's out tomorrow because, you know, you need to sell it. I do. And if people would like to buy a copy of Throttled by A.B. Morgan, The Quirk Files Book 2, it's available on Amazon. One of these days it's going to be, I want to say those immortal lines and all good bookshops, wherever you are in the world. Uh, but that's not, <laughs> that's not going to be happening any day now. But in the meantime, uh, it's a lovely paperback, by the way, decent size, um, and on ebook. And I shall be working on the audiobook soon. Now I've worked out what voices I'm going to <laughs> have to create consistently for the characters. Um, but if you like your crime with a, a little bit of humour to it, but enough to work your brain cells. So you think, hello, what's going on here? Um, then that's where I would see my writing. Actually, Donna, you're probably best place to describe because my style is just me. What you see here is pretty much what you get in a book, only slightly more refined with better use of vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not they're not on the cozy end and they're not on like the really dark end you know mm -hmm. people still die but um Bonnie and Pedda are just great fun so yeah it's it's humor but still yeah definitely works the brain cells as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and I think some people say oh is it comedy and there is no there are there are moments that will make you laugh because that's life but it isn't they're not written as comedy crime books they're written to entertain i think that's probably the best way of putting it yeah yeah um and just remind everyone where they can find out more about you oh national press uh no uh www.abmorgan.co.uk is my website but i'm not spectacularly brilliant at updating that but all the information about the books are on there etc i am on faceache as we call it in our family um <laughs> under alison morgan or i have got a facebook page ab morgan so you can find me on that i'm on twitter i'm not going to tell you what we call that 
Um, and, and now I'm on Instagram as A.B. Morgan Writer. Da-da. How good is that? Social media queen. Um, yeah, and that's, that's where you can find it. Or, or people can just ask Donna, because Donna knows. I do. <laughs> well, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you, Donna. It's lovely to catch up with you. And hopefully we wish we can see each other in the, you know, in the real flesh, in real life, in a not too distant future. And you can come over for lunch in my garden. Yes, I hope so too. <laughs> thank you, Donna. Lovely to see you.